Cousin Mark, welcome to your podcast, Space Trash. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. How have you been? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you know, apartment living. Oh, how's the lake house? I, I'm enjoying it. It's, it is coming together. Nice. I love this for you. Yeah. I think I need like one more shelf. Okay. And then to hang stuff on walls. Oh, that's big. That's a big commitment. Yeah. But then once those are done, I feel like it'll be a nice little home. Oh my gosh, that's so great. How is like getting used to everything? Like the the kitchen? Um, the kitchen we have yet to figure out. <laughs> we have not done much cooking here at the lake house. Uh, I was curious. Wait, last time I spoke to you, whoa, was before, was pre-wedding. Pre-wedding, a, a very eventful wedding. Oh my gosh. And I think, I can't remember if before or after the wedding, your, who was it? Friend Jonathan was coming over to work on the closet, maybe? Yes, they helped me out. Um, yep, they moved a few, helped me move a few things. Um, oh. Provided me some emotional support. That's a really good friend. Yes, they are. They are a treasure and I appreciate them. Oh, how did you meet them? I don't think I know this person. Uh, we were friends in college. Gotcha. Wait, DeSales, yes? Yes, DeSales University. The very same college that uh, Steve from Blue's Clues dropped out of. <gasps> oh my god, that's so cool that he went there and I had no idea he dropped out of anything. Right. He, <laughs> he had a better gig. He seems like the pillar of commitment. <laughs> Although he's not doing Blue's Clues anymore, so. Yeah, he left Blue's Clues a, a bit abruptly. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. And then didn't he do, like, a video, like, apologizing that he left people? <laughs> he did. I I wasn't a huge Blue's Clues kid, but that, like, that hit me in the feels, as the oh. kids say. Yes, I know. I feel like he, I was a Blue's Clues mom because for sure, like, you and Frank are five years apart, I think. And yeah. so you were, like, just old enough to not have done the Blue's Clues thing. But for sure, Frankie and I watched it all the time together. And oh, he yeah. was just, like, the dearest soul. He was. I wonder what he's up to now. I do too. And it's so weird because I actually wrote down, I was scrambling to come up with topics, <laughs> but I, I just started to listen to this new podcast that's called quitted. Like oh. I quit something, but quitted like in the past tense. And the whole premise of the podcast is that our culture like praises the building of things like make your company bigger get more money like more 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 mm -hmm. and the idea of this podcast is like talk to people who quit things and like they're doing just fine like sometimes it's time to just quit the thing and do something else that's that's a great premise i like that framing of it because i never kind of thought of it that way yeah 
I mean, I've I've quit several jobs in the past over the past global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of makes you like think about it in a way that it seems counterintuitive, but it's like sometimes quitting is a success story. Yeah, for sure. Like sobriety in my mind. Like sometimes you quit things and it's yeah. a good thing, but you always think like quitters are what are they? I don't know. They're always being insulted. <laughs> quitters never win. <laughs> yeah. Quitters never win. It's like, well, maybe quitting was the win. <laughs> maybe it's all wrapped up in the same thing. Like if you Ooh. like you said, if you leave a job that's not meant for you, then quitting that is a good thing. Yeah. And then or if you if you quit a relationship that isn't working out. Right. I feel like we definitely say like we ended something, right? Instead of quit, because quit sounds like Right. Terrible, but I kind of like it. <laughs> I yeah. I quit. <laughs> yeah, it's like either you're no longer with the company or Mm-hmm. You left that job. But like, no, at the end of the day, it's it's quitting. And it feels amazing. I guess, yeah. Like, now that you put it that way, like, there's sort of, if you say, like, you could kind of say we ended the relationship. Like, it sounds like a mutual decision. But mm-hmm. if you quit something, it's like the thing was still going to happen. But then you up and left. Like, you just, like, it was all one-sided. Yeah. It sounds like like hmm. the other the other party did not have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that... so yeah, so that's that's the one. Uh, that's my new podcast that I'm listening to. Okay, mm-hmm. I I have been lacking on the podcast lately. Well, should we give a quick shout out? I think we have another cousin in the pod podosphere. Oh, do we now? Oh, right. I was like, did I spill the beans? But no, because I think it was on Instagram that Cousin Scott now has a podcast as well. Yeah, Cousin Scott, he has a Stranger Things podcast. Mm-hmm. And it has a title. Does it? What's the What's the name of the podcast? I've never seen the show. Oh, I was hoping you remembered. Um. <laughs> oh, no, I forget. I have been... A little bit neglectful of all the things that are not working on my book lately. That's that's fair. That is a big task. It's a big task, but I did hear back from the editor, and she said she thinks I've got something. It needs work, but it's there's something there. There's something there, hey. And I'm like, that is awesome, and I will make it the thing. I will take that little flame <laughs> and I will uh, fan the flame into what uh, what it may be. So it's it's like the most, it's for sure the most mind-bending writing work I've ever done. Yeah. So you're not going to quit? I'm definitely not quitting. Even well. <laughs> pretty much no matter what. Like I feel like writing I will never ever quit. But I did kind of, I didn't quit blogging but i haven't blogged like in 12 days i've been just consumed with writing the book and so i 
I only have so much time. And so I had to like pull away from the daily blogging and that's been hard a little bit because I do love that. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause that's mm-hmm. like, is that part of your daily routine? Would you say the blogging? Yeah, for sure. It was, and it was especially part of my sober story as well. So, I mean, I, I was writing daily for decades, but then for 10 years, I was daily blogging just about, I mean, not every single day, but, um, just about every day. And then this year it became like a great way to talk about what I was going through and that's what's becoming the book now, but you can't, (laughs) here's something I learned. (laughs) You can't just peel everything off your blog and stick it in a manuscript and then call it a book. That's not the same thing. (laughs) That is good to know. (laughs) So some, uh, it's been, God, I've learned so much from this editor who is just so kind and generous to give me feedback because I'd never, um, you know, it's such a, it's such a lucky thing, a privileged thing to have someone sit down and say, like, I wrote, you know, a hundred page manuscript and she just sat and she read it and she wrote notes and she gave me feedback and told me what was working and what wasn't working and why. And I just, I'm so moved by the fact that she would take the time to do that. Yeah, that's that's got to be insanely valuable. As yes, yes. When I first read her feedback, I was like, it took me a day and a half to uh, to wrap my head around it because I never got such professional, honest, no sugar coating. You know what I mean? Like, right? Like, like I think when, your writing's great. And I'm going to tell you, it's great. It's amazing. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, actually, on page five. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is, too, I mean, you can totally tell me that if you want. Um, but the other the thing, too, about this woman is that she's super accomplished in that, in the field of writing and publishing. And it's like, you can have the skill or the talent or you know be a quote-unquote good writer but that doesn't always translate into a sellable book like it has to be marketable you have to know who your audience is that kind of stuff so just to have someone who is in the industry and has been for decades and knows so like when she says I think you have something it just means something really special to me because I'm like okay this is a person who knows yeah and would tell me if I didn't, you know, so, um, yeah, so so I'm loving it. I'm obsessed with it. I think I spent like eight hours on it yesterday, which was obsessive and like my eyes were bleeding, but it's all I want to do. That That's awesome. I love that. Thanks. I'm so excited. We both have such new stuff going on. Yeah. I've got an apartment that I live in. I know. Um, yeah, I I mean, one thing I've been able to do, not that I wasn't able to do it at my own apartment, but I'm finding more time to do it, mm-hmm. is just watching TV. Oh my God, of your choosing. Yeah, it's more, I don't know how to, what I don't know what was blocking me or whatever, but mm-hmm. 
it's like so much easier to go on YouTube and watch 10, 11 minute videos versus sitting down and watching an hour long drama or something. Oh, I didn't think about that because I never do the YouTube thing. So it never occurred to me. Yeah. And it's, I guess it kind of brought me back to, I don't know, a time where I was religiously watching shows. Shows. Getting excited about stuff. That's such a good feeling. I love getting excited about things. Right? I missed it. Yeah, you go. No, you go. I've been so, I've been like so anxious about, first about moving. Mm -hmm. And then about, oh, I'm officiating a wedding. I don't know how to do that. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Can we just take a minute? Can we we just please take a minute? And let me say that you are an absolutely gorgeous, eloquent, thoughtful, articulate officiant. You are amazing and incredible and poised. And you just you just like made this whole atmosphere of of a lovely vow exchange and you just i don't know you just held the room in the beauty of the moment thank you oh you really really did and i'm so glad that i got a chance to say that on a podcast that will live forever <laughs> live forever and credit where credit is due you wrote a beautiful best woman speech Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening, as I didn't deliver it. Yes, you have your father, uh, Uncle Herb, Cousin Herb. (laughs) (laughs) You had your dad read it, but as he was reading it, I could a thousand percent tell you, you savored every word of it. Thank you. The, The irony is... If I had known that in the end I was just I was gonna ask my dad to read the thing, it would have been a lot longer and more sentimental. (laughs) Like I wrote that little toast because I thought I might be able to get through something that short and and not overly dramatic. But even that I was completely I was the as soon as I got to the venue and saw my brother, I was just like, I can't do this. Like it's too big. It was too big of a thing and it was too beautiful and there was too many emotions and I was feeling every single one of them. Oh. And um but then in the end I thought, you know what? My dad is such an eloquent speaker and he's not nervous ever. And he was more than happy to do it. And I feel like it was perfect because then we both got to be together and deliver it to Owen. And it was like our little tiny immediate family had a moment. I love that. Love yeah, that. it was good. It was good. It was a great wedding. A great wedding. Should we, um, the, the twist ending, I was... I told my friends, I was like, are we in a season finale? (laughs) Because uh, for our listeners that don't know, at the, like, what was it? Toward the end of the reception, Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the bridesmaids, uh, cousin Heather's sister-in-law, yes, uh, went went into labor. <laughs> Literally. Yeah her her water broke. <laughs> her water broke. She was in the parking lot. My husband John was literally holding his jacket over her because it was pouring rain like oh my gosh right torrential rains and bless this woman she didn't want she was worried about like damaging floors and shoes with like her water breaking oh my gosh and John was like seriously don't worry about that we just need you to be safe and we need you to be okay so sure enough that little baby boy was born I think it was like just about 6 a.m. the next day. <laughs> wow. What what a night. Oh my gosh. That that was just it was the wildest finish. It was just wild. And then also my brother and Heather, new bride and groom at this beautiful venue. I guess I don't know if we should name it or not, but um they were supposed to have like the venue was going to keep all their homemade decorations there overnight. Oh, right. But then at the close of the evening, they just said, oh, and um, you need to take all the stuff with you right now. So <laughs> it was like bridesmaids, cousin Kate, your sister uh-huh. and myself were like in our gowns running out <laughs> into the teeming rain. We were like sloshing through puddles, throwing things in the back of my Camry. It, it was insane. It was a scene. I and the um, we didn't have the truck that was with uh, Heather's dad because he took right. he dug her brother and sister-in-law to the hospital to have a baby. Yes, and they had like a big decent sized truck that we definitely could have used. So that was odd. Yeah. It was just a it was it was wild. And then we didn't have our um our truck either because I was the DD. And so we just had my Camry. So we were trying to shove everything <laughs> into that. And I can't remember well your parents. Yeah. But no, are. you came in the shuttle, right? Didn't I everything... was in the shuttle. <laughs> it was a wild evening. <laughs> it was non-stop excitement from start to finish that is for sure yeah, i love it it was great it was great and especially i think i had the feels too because it was like we finally got to that day after getting through the pandemic and not being able to be together in rooms of that size or gatherings of that size yeah Truly. So hopefully everybody's okay. I was okay. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't okay. hear. I, didn't I think hear. I had a little bit of sore throat afterward, and then realized it was allergies. Mm-hmm. And then also running through the rain. Oh yeah. That probably didn't help us any. Probably not, but. But man, they had a great DJ. Like I just every single thing. The food was perfect. The music, everything was great. It was a great wedding. It was great. And I can't believe that it's come and gone. And now, and how now, many weeks? How many weeks are you in the lake house now? Three? 
I think this is the third. Oh, wait. No, it's easy, isn't it? Because you moved in May 1st. Right. So today's the 17th. Okay, yeah. So two weeks, basically. Yeah. Two, two and a half. We're getting there. You're getting there. And the best thing, I was going to ask you, best thing, worst thing. Best thing is TV. TV. Yes. Love it. Um, worst thing is probably chores and responsibility. Who would have thought? Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And staying on top of it. Like, yeah. Being like, oh, I'll do it in the morning. And then it's morning. And it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, right. And inevitably, the sun rises. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, I forget, is your laundry in your apartment or separate? It is, I have it in the building, uh, coin That's operated. Right. Okay. Oh, so. okay. So I did go back to my parents this Sunday, my lovely parents, and used their washing machine. My lovely son came home and used mine, so. (laughs) We can have laundry parties. I'm telling you, it helps. Because when you need the coins, that's also like, where do you get the coins? Yeah. No one uses change anymore. There's a shortage do people i don't even know there's a shortage of oh so many things lately baby formula is a is a shortage right now oh no and we just had a baby i know can you believe it yeah don't don't even get me don't get us started on babies yeah let's go back to tv (laughs) let's talk about tv wait speaking of tv one of your topics i completely um miss misinterpreted Um, because i was like cousin mark wants to talk about candy on hulu and i'm going to have skittles for the occasion (laughs) (laughs) but then i looked up what that is and it is very much not about candy. not about candy that Uh, candy yeah more about murder um (laughs) it's more about what i find um I don't know what the word is, but the fact that it's axe murder. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I am not laughing. It's just... (laughs) It's so gruesome and nasty. Like, wow. Okay. There was a a movie when I was young. um, I married an axe murderer or something like that. It was a comedy. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Might have been when I was a teenager. I might be very old. I've definitely like seen the title. Yeah. But this tell me about the Hulu one though. Like, is it gruesome or is it like it's a true crime? It is kind of true crime. It's like a dramatization. Okay. Um, Jessica Beale stars in it. That's who it is. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I pulled up real quickly. I just mm-hmm googled it and i was like why do i know this face but you wouldn't know her right right yeah she doesn't like she's not what we know as jessica beale and she is fantastic in it she Mm. is she does such a good job oh my god she was in something else it was a three it was three um 
it'll come to me. But uh, she was in this other series on Netflix and she was phenomenal as well. She played a criminal who was in jail for something. I forget what, but she was outstanding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah. I am not usually like, I guess my, my lovely parents and sister, they love listening to like murder podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I am not, not really for that at all. Okay. But You're not about that. Yeah. And they like watching crimey shows and yes not for me but this i don't know something about it it was just Hmm. kind of first episode you don't see the crime happen but it's like heavily implied my god she so what happened is montgomery murders a friend named gore right yeah um yeah with an axe with with an axe and you don't see any of that until okay i i not to spoil it but you don't see it until like the last episode what what actually went down quote mm-hmm. unquote it's a dramatization no mm-hmm. one actually knows but oh okay okay because they were the only two there yeah so it's but it's like it goes through her day as like, oh, she's a she's a suburban mom and she's doing stuff. She's taking the kids to Target. She's <gasps> suburban moms. Yeah. They'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's super okay. well done. Jessica Biel is amazing in it because this character, Candy... She's just such a likable person. <gasps> Ooh, I get the chills. And like, like you watch it and you're like, oh, she seems like the fun mom in the neighborhood. <gasps> like brings the community together. Oh, gosh. When does it take place? Like, is it in the 60s or is it present? I think it's 1980. 80s. Okay. Yeah. So it's. So it's like it's a period piece. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's it feels like the 70s because it's like the it's the first 80. Yeah, because her her glasses that she wears and her hairstyle is very um yeah, it is very 70s 80s. Yeah. But I I really like it. I recommend it to everyone. Okay. And it's five. You watch the whole thing. It's like five episodes. Yep. Five episodes. Okay. This is a good recommendation. I am interested, especially because of Jessica Biel. I don't have Hulu. That's my only problem. Mm. Maybe. Maybe I can hook you up. I quit well, the Hulu. Oh, I should well, come over. Can I come over? Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> come over for a five hour marathon. <laughs> Yeah, that you've already watched. Bing bong. <laughs> Hello, it's me. How do people? There's no, there's no doorbell, right? People would just come into your building and knock. Yeah, they they text me. There's a yeah. There's like a buzzer that doesn't work. Oh, uh, okay. It's so, more for show. Yeah. For how's the, the neighborhood? Like, how's the streets? Are people out and about? It was beautiful on Sunday. 
Yeah. Um, every once in a while, I don't, I will say I don't go out that much. Yeah, right. I'm a homebody. Yeah. And you, I am sorry. I am thinking in my brain that you have a window that overlooks the street, but you don't really. Not, not really. No, not directly. No, which is nice. Yeah. It's a nice spot. You got a good location. Are you a windows open person or windows closed with air conditioning? Um, usually an air conditioning, windows mm-hmm. closed, but mm-hmm. depends on my mood. It's a, been a weird week because it's been hot at nighttime. It's been hot. There was supposed to be a tornado yesterday. <gasps> That's right. I got to put it through my brain that you're a local now because I... <laughs> I said like text to the locals, like everybody. But then there was no tornado. Yeah. It, in the end. It was a no show, which is <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, we don't want one. No. And last year, I guess there's like tornado seasons. And I remember last year there were some that came quite close to us. Yeah. There was definitely the one. I know because me and my sister had COVID. Oh my god! So we were at our parents' place. Yes. uh, My sister made us all go into the basement. Yes, I made my people do that too. Cousin Kate, she was worried. Oh yeah, she is the safety police. She's the (laughs) (laughs) she's the safety police. You gotta have that. You do. You really do. Um. Okay, so axe murderers, Love and it. well, you had another thing you were going to tell me about because you I had two did. things, and I didn't know either of them. So, all right, um, Jeanette McCurdy. Okay. Um, she was on the Nickelodeon show iCarly. Heard of it? Okay, yes. Um, and. There was a reboot recently of that show, and she is not on it. Like, she didn't want to be on it. She has quit acting. Oh, she's a quitter. She's a quitter. (laughs) Cool. And she, um, yeah, she, like, started writing and directing and doing her own thing. Um, Okay. And it kind of happened after her mom passed away. Because Mm. her mom was kind of the one who was forcing her into acting in the first place. Oh, ouch. That's awful. Yeah. So it was like what they say about like child stars and. Mm, That's tragic. And like I think of like the beauty pageants and stuff. Yeah. Like it's a lot. So. She has a book coming out, and people are not happy. There are some people not happy about the title. Wait, I gotta look this up. Okay, wait, what is it? The book is called I'm Glad My Mom Died. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah. Wow. Which is like, and when she, she did a one-woman show, what that was called the same thing. Okay. And it's like 
I'm sure there's a million. She's very well written and spoken. Okay. And I'm sure there's a million emotions behind it, but just the raw sentence of it. Oof. Yeah, right. that was like a little bit like um, I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's tough. Um, a heartbreaking and hilarious memoir by iCarly star Jeanette, Jeanette McCurdy about her struggles as a former child actor, including eating disorders, addiction, and a complicated relationship with her overbearing mother and how she retook control of her life. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, oh, that's... I'm interested. I'm very interested in this. Yeah, that's gonna be a powerful book when it comes <gasps> out. I pre-ordered the audiobook. Oh, okay. So it's not out yet. Not yet. I think it's August. Okay. A beach read. Yeah. I really like the cover. Yeah, I haven't looked at the cover recently. It looks a little bit retro. It's like bubblegum pink. Oh yeah. It's like a candy killer. <laughs> candy? She's, oh, no. she's got cute little bangs. Yeah. This is very interesting to me. It is. I was wondering what your thoughts would be. Um, just on, on the title or however. Yeah, that's what I was like, whoa. It's so, it's very eerie, actually, because mm -hmm. um, I was just speaking about my dear mother and how overbearing she was, <laughs> bless her soul, and um, how it can be really tricky. That's why I'm actually really, really interested in this, because it's a really tricky thing when you're my mom died in 2006. So many, many years ago. Um, but it's like when, even still, when I'm dealing with, you know, things that come up when I'm speaking to my therapist or whatever the case, and you're like dealing with like why you react to things in certain ways, why maybe you're a perfectionist or an overachiever or like whatever whatever your various neuroses might be. Mm -hmm. And often, right, you tie them back to childhood and your parents or how you were raised. And yeah. when your one of your parents is dead, you feel like, how could you talk, you know, about them? Like, you feel like you're talking about them and you're being disrespectful because they're not alive to tell their side of it. Yeah. It's weird. But then at the end of the day, when even if she were here, my experience would still be my experience. Yeah, for sure. And you still need to speak about your own life and make sense of your own life in a way. But it's tricky. It's tricky when the one when you love a parent, but they're also you know, stifling you in some way because you don't realize that till much later, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Yeah, it's tricky because you don't. Um, what I will say is, I wish with a parent sometimes I wish the relationship had been able to mature more mm-hmm. instead of just kind of stand still and oh, that's where it's at. Yes. I love that. I love that for any intimate relationship, like a parent or a partner or a friendship. Yeah. Because I think you can, you know, reach and it's so wild, like tying it back into the quitting thing. Like some people end up in a place where they're like, look, this relationship has to either be put on hold or I need to quit it altogether because it doesn't mature. And then it starts holding you back. Like that's a tricky place to be. Yeah. And I mean, that's any, like that can be a friendship or something that you outgrow, but a parent, Actually, a parent or family member is sometimes different because, like, if you end or dissolve a relationship that's a friendship or dating or marriage, whatever that, whatever that is, there was not blood there. So you could technically be completely removed from them. Yeah. If that makes any sense. But when you're dealing with someone that you still are going to have a relationship with, no matter what, it's weird. It's tricky. It is tricky. And then to go and write a book about it, like, woof. All right. So maybe like, that'll be, we can yes. have a book club episode. Oh, yes. I'm there for it. I'm there for it. So I, I am a, as you know, I'm like a huge voracious reader and you're into the audiobook versions, right? Yeah. I, I like that audiobooks. too. I feel like I like memoirs. Like Ooh. that's probably my most read genre. Like really? Yeah. Like if it's like a lot of comedians or like actors. Yeah. I love reading their memoirs or listening to them. It's intimidating because that's the category that my book will be in. And uh, there's just so much talent out there. Yeah. And um, I have a whole new appreciation for what it takes to basically just spill your secrets. Like, well, how do you do that? And why do you do that? Like, I'm always coming back to... Because I think some people, there's a, there's tons of different reasons you might share stories like that, mm -hmm. but at least for me, it's like, well, at the end of the day, I do believe that telling our stories helps other people with their own lives, you know, like. If you tell the hard stuff, then it makes people feel less alone, I guess. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And usually memoirs, some some part of the story of everybody's memoirs, their struggle with something. Yeah. Right. For you, the struggle will be recording the audiobook. So you might have you might have to have your dad do it. 
You know what? I <laughs> love recording audio. That's right. You do do that. I love it. I've missed it. I haven't done it in a long time. I really love it. And I really, really love, like when I did my poetry reading, I love telling stories. And that to me is easier. Interesting. The thing about my brother's wedding was the, it was emotional overload because my love for him was too all-encompassing and remembering my mom and her not being there and just the sheer amount of it's it's just such an emotional um it's I don't even know how to describe it but this whole sober thing is like really emotional like I will just cry like I will cry randomly like I'll be driving home from work and just start crying and like I know it sounds nuts, but it's a thing that happens because you're because you're re even all your chemicals and hormones and emotions are like rebalancing themselves. And there's a lot that I have been not feeling and now I'm feeling everything. And I knew the moment I got to the wedding, I to the venue, like way before the wedding. I think we got there at 1 30 and the ceremony wasn't gonna be till four and my reading wasn't gonna be till seven. And it was just the the unbearable anticipation of having to do that and be looked at while I'm in like that most vulnerable state. Even though it was a beautiful thing, it was way too much. I couldn't handle it. And I had to like talking about quitting, like I felt so awful, like guilty. Cause I was like, what am I going to not toast my brother? Like what kind of monstrous sister am I? Like what a failure if I don't do that. Do you know what I mean? And so I was like, it was this incident of one, like, like the thing about sobriety is like, you, you have to be honest about your actual feelings. Like you cannot pretend you feel a different way like you can't if I would if it was too overwhelming I had to actually say that and then ask for help and that's not something I was ever good at like I was always like I got this I got this fine Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like a bigger deal than it might have seemed for me to be like dad can you do this like that allowed me to not spend the whole time overwhelmed and I could just sit back and like take in the whole event and it was so beautiful and I'm so glad I did that yeah that's that's so amazing like (sighs) you were able to uh, asking for help is very difficult I I know it thanks cousin Mark that's it's a hard thing because it's a hard thing because you feel like if you say it's hard to ask for help people will be like what are you talking about like that's ridiculous yeah it's like it's showing weakness i guess and vulnerability yeah it's like saying it for me i actually had that day a really deep heart to heart one with your sister who is the most beautiful human being and then with Lori, who's another beautiful human being and she was like what is it like what is it that you are worried about Like, why won't you just ask your dad if that's what you need to do? And I said, if I am being honest and I get to the underneath of everything, 
my biggest fear is of my brother being let down like that I'm letting him down oh yeah whoa yeah and I was like so grateful to her for giving me the space to think about what was underneath of everything you know because on the surface you're like you like I felt like such a jerk because I was like this is not about me this day is not about me just read the thing just do the thing it's not that big of a deal why am I making a big deal like I felt like a jerk and I felt like I shouldn't need I shouldn't feel the way I actually felt but a lot of addiction is um feeling something and not wanting to feel that thing so you just take a substance to make that feeling go away instead of saying I'm feeling this right now and it's coming from this place and what I need to you know make this feel better is such and such like I had to say my fear is of letting him down but I have to believe that if I tell him this is why I'm not able to do it that he'll believe me And then I told my brother, I was like, I just, I'm so sorry. And I feel awful. And he was like, it's okay. Like, I got you. I believe you. It's all right. (laughs) It was like, oh, that's a thing that can happen. Like, you can be honest about something and then someone can say it's okay. And then it can be fine. It could actually be fine for real instead of me masking everything and pretending I'm fine. I can like get to a place where it actually is fine. Yeah. And it was wonderful. The, the speech, the wedding. Yeah. And nobody felt let down. Nobody. So it was the, my biggest fear was that, and that didn't happen. Yeah. Look, look at you facing your fears. (laughs) Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> I tell you what. But it's like that kind of thing where you were saying earlier about relationships maturing. Like, I feel like that's part of it, too, is like part of maturing means being honest enough to say, like, this is where I'm actually coming from and not glossing over it and giving the person the time like you just did so beautifully. Thank you to be like tell me what's going on there. Like, <laughs> What's going on for you right now? Where are you at in your mind? And then just letting the person say it without like jumping in and judging it or trying to like tell the person like you don't really feel that way. Or like saying like if someone were to say to me that day when I was like, look, I'm too overwhelmed. I'm afraid I can't get through this. They'd be like, you're not overwhelmed. Yeah, there's the temptation to be like, ah, you'll be fine. Right. And then, like, if you're, if it's like, no, I won't be fine. Mm-hmm. And it's finding the courage to say that and express it. Yeah, because you know what? Actually, I thought to myself, I was like, no, actually, I will be fine. I know I'm not going to, for instance, die <laughs> right? because I would have to do the thing. But. I knew if if I had to do it, I would have done it and I would have been fine. However, I would have spent the entire seven hours worried about that five minute toast and those seven hours of anxiety. I didn't deserve to do that to myself. 
Like, that's the truth of it. At the end of the day, I wanted to be present for the whole thing, not anxious. Yeah. And you were. And there it was. So all the things. Sometimes you've got to quit. Sometimes you got to say, you know what? I wrote this thing. I'm going to quit. I'm not, I'm not going to give it. I'm not, I'm just not going to. Yeah. And it all turned out beautifully. And then somehow, how do we say, oh, about this book. So I'm curious what this woman says about her mother. Yeah. Um, I mean, from what I know from her short films and other writing she's done, um, eating, it's about her eating disorder a lot of okay. what she writes um mm. that kind of passed down from her mother mm. who also had an eating disorder so it's like i can't imagine that kind of addiction because mm. like i can cut i can just say no more alcohol ever 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 but you can't say no more food ever 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 yeah that's a very big distinction to make. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. It's got to be exponentially harder. Somebody had an example about that. Okay, here's the example. Liz Gilbert gave it because she had addiction to alcohol and to food. And she said, addiction to alcohol is like living with a tiger in the house, but you can just lock that tiger in a cage and throw away the key. But living with a food addiction is living with a tiger that's in a cage, but every day you have every day, three times a day, you have to take the tiger out, walk it around the block, and then put it back in the cage. Wow. Right? Yeah. Like that was, I thought, such a good comparison. Damn. Right? You gotta get up to that tiger every day and walk it. Yeah. And then put it safely back in the cage again. That's exponentially more difficult. Ooh. So shout out. Anyone dealing with that, I I have mad respect. Yeah. This episode got real deep. <laughs> this got real. Wow. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Like, you came in being like, oh, candy on Hulu. Oh. <laughs> like, I brought my Skittles, I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, a new book to read. <laughs> Candy and book clubs. I love that. <laughs> Actually, I love talking about this stuff. I'm like, this is my jam. Especially with you. You're very good at speaking about things that are very deep. And you are very good at, like, holding them, but holding them gently. And not, like, being judgy. I would say that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for being out there. Yeah. Um. Oh no. Did we have words of the day? <gasps> what is the word of the day? I will. My word will be quitting. Quit. Quitting things. Quit. Yeah. Sometimes to quit is a success. I love that. Hmm, reframe how we think about it. I'm trying to think why that might be a, like, part of me is like, is that a thing that I should promote? <laughs> I think because... it is. I think knowing when to quit. 
Yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the way to say it. Knowing when it's causing you enough emotional turmoil to say, yeah, this is not necessary. I do not give a fuck. Yes. You know what I think it comes down to is if the choice is between honoring what you need versus honoring what other people expect of you, you should choose yourself. Oh, yeah. Because really quitting the thing that's not serving you is choosing yourself and ending whatever the other thing is. Yeah. So that's my word. Quit. I love it. What a yeah. good word. How about yourself? Did you have one? I guess my word is responsibility. Mm, that's a big one. Kind of not the flip side of quit, but yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I feel like it's okay. Trying to, because hmm. as I'm trying to like become an organized person in mm-hmm. my home, something I've been very bad at for my entire life. Mm. But like trying to like get your shit together and saying okay what days am i cleaning what days am i having friends over Mm, yeah yeah just trying to get that organized what topics do i want to have for my podcast should i bring up dead mothers yes it was so good (laughs) should i bring up axe murders and dead mothers And you, know, and you and you were like, yes, I should. <laughs> and we got a great episode out of it, guys. Honestly, I'm I love it. I think it's great. And I think it's interesting that you said that because getting organized is not something I would have thought having anything to do with having topics for a podcast. But it makes sense because I was not organized in the sense that Uh, the only thing that I did was the book all the past 12 days and I didn't organize anything else into my schedule. Right. And fail. Epic fail. The, it's not a fail. It's balancing between and responsibility. That's it. Finding the the happy medium. Yeah, exactly. While you still keep up with, the running of the household and the going to the nine to five job and the need for sleep and relaxation and all the things. Right. Yeah, it is a balance. And now for you, um, it's kind of like, it must be getting sharper for you. What your schedule is as like, because you're, you are living on your own. So there's no working around other schedules of other people necessarily. Yeah. Which is nice and has its drawbacks because now I have to, I have to fill that time all by myself. Yeah. Yep. Right. I'll be over in five minutes. (laughs) 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 Don't, don't do the buzzer. It doesn't work. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just stand at the bottom of the steps. Ding dong. Come just on saying, up. Just say ding dong. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, do it. Right. 
Um, well, this episode might be one of my very favorites. Oh, mine too. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job. Very good job. Good game all around. Good game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess. Um, we do the sign off. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, wash your hands. Wear a mask. We love you. Bye.